Welcome, everyone, to episode 74 of the weekly Yap, the Yes And podcast. I'm your host, Travis Thomas, and the creator of Live Yes And. Live Yes And is all about helping individuals, teams, and companies discover their inner brilliance through a commitment to purpose, authenticity, and life-transforming collaboration. And our guest today, episode 74 of the weekly Yap, is Rick Tamlin. And Rick is all about collaboration. He's all about transformation. He's all about purpose and authenticity. His website is ricktamlin.com. That's T-A-M-L-Y-N. He is the author of Play Your Bigger Game, which uh, he has given workshops and talks all across the world. And uh, he's the creator of It's All Made Up Live. And he has the next It's All Made Up Live happening in New York State the first week of actually June 8th through 11th. I was going to say the first week, but in Silver Bay, New York. And I wish I could be there. I will be out of town on a scheduled event already. Uh, but as you will hear through our interview with Rick, um, it's going to be a fantastic event. And uh, Rick just has so many nuggets of wisdom to share, including his story of how he got to where he is today. He has an acting background as well. Uh, so we talk a little bit of yes and. We talk about his his life and uh, the inspiration for the work that he is doing today. And it is inspiring work. And so I met Rick through the way that I meet most of my inspired guests, and that's through other friends, recommendations and referrals. And so when Rick and I got on the phone about a month or so ago, uh, it was clear to me within minutes. I was like, all right, I need to have him on the yap. And so uh, I can't wait for you to get to know him better and for you to check out his, uh, his programs and his site and his book. And uh, I'll include the links in this podcast again, ricktamlin.com. But without further ado, let's welcome Rick Tamlin to the Weekly Yap. And uh, welcome Rick Tamlin to the Weekly Yes And podcast, the Weekly Yap. Rick, how are we doing today? I am good, Travis. I'm honored and thrilled to be here for your cool podcast. Well, I podcast superstar, you. I appreciate it. Yes, you are the first person <laughs> to call me a podcast superstar, so uh, you, I already hold you in high esteem. Well, let's go with that till further notice, right? <laughs> now, Rick, we were just talking <laughs> offline. Um, uh, you're busy right now. You're out in California, so thank you for taking the time. But you're busy because you are going to be you're going to be away from home for a while. So, so tell everyone sort of what you're working on. I think which will also give everyone an idea of uh, of the kind of work that you do. <laughs> Mm. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think like many of your folks, and I think Travis, we, we swim in some similar circles. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm in the leadership development space, the personal growth space. Have uh, been in the coach, the coaching business, if you will, for over 25 years now, and was an early adopter in the in the coaching space. Um, became a, a an early, not a co-founder, but almost like a co. In the, in the early phases, like a co-conspirator of the Coaches Training Institute, <laughs> and we uh, kind of, you know, the goal many, many years ago was to have one workshop a month, and now we were in 27 countries and, um, you know, de- delivering coach training workshops, you know, people to become professional coaches. So I, that's a big part of my life is to train other people to become coaches, if you will, corporate coaches, executive coaches, that whole world. Um, but the primary bulk of my business these days is my own work in the world. Um, I wrote a book, a uh, Hay House published book, came out a couple years ago called Play Your Bigger Game. Again, it's in the personal growth, leadership development growth space. And 
it it, uh, became a conference for a couple years and this year we are excited to have relaunched our conference Um, and it's called this is kind of a weird segue but it's called it's all made up live Um, it's all made up is one of my most favorite phrases and it lives kind of in your domain Travis of, (laughs) of you know yes and living mine yes. is sort of like life's all made up living right and uh you know we get to make up our life very simple philosophy and sometimes we forget we drift towards managing our life rather than creating our life and so we have a conference in june june 8 through 11 in upstate new york on beautiful lake george about an hour and a half north of albany new york um, we have a couple hundred folks coming to really step into their own entrepreneurialness of their own life, if you will. You know, whether it be they want to start their own company or they want to um, bring more of a bigger game energy to their own life or to their work life, whatever whatever application they want to bring it to. But it really is upping the game around taking personal responsibility and, and uh, stepping into a more creative life is the primary message, if you will. So that's what we're working on. We are... You know, I come from the acting and, and, and theater, theatricality background, so our opening night has got some theater in it, we have some songs, and it's a really fun theme. I won't give it away. Um, so why I tell you that is we're in heavy production mode um, this week, and I go away tomorrow and I kind of get it lined up. Uh, I go to Chicago to lead a workshop, but then I get it lined up, our conference lined up in upstate New York the following week. So, Well, great. So and- that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, I will make sure I, I include a link uh, to the conference, uh, Rick, uh, in the, the podcast. But what is a what is a quick way for people to find out information about it? Yeah, the fastest way is to go to ricktamlin.com, R-I-C-K-T-A-M-L-Y-N.com. You'll get to my site, get on our list right away. You'll get information about it. Um, but you'll see right away you can click on it, uh, you know, in the opening page to, to opt in to find out what it's all about and if you want to come and um, and just to let folks know, it's really reasonable. Where if you bring a friend, it's ninety-seven dollars each. This is not a an expensive conference in any way. It's pretty much covering our expenses. Um, we really just want people to, to get there and really to support people. And uh, um, so we're not. I guess I just wanted people to know it's um, not a super expensive conference. It really is. A, I, I want people to come and gather and connect with each other and hear the message and and be in community around this life they want to create for themselves. So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, in that in that leadership space, in that conference space, uh, <clears throat> um, that that price is extremely, extremely reasonable. And so, yeah. uh, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully, some people who are listening to this who might be in the area or, or looking to get up to uh, upstate New York for June, uh, hopefully, this is a, a great option for them. But no, that's that's a fantastic yeah. price. Um, now, Rick, the uh, and I know you have the you have the acting background, which is which is an area that that, that you and I have a connection on. Um, and you mentioned the improvisation and the idea of it, it's all made up. And uh, and so I, w- I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that, uh, wh- where that how that kind of developed uh, for you, where that where that key message sort of came from, and uh, and and how you decided to sort of let it evolve. Yeah. Um... Simply put, and I, I would love to take credit for the phrase came out of my mouth, you know, but I, truth be told, I was in a personal development or a, some sort of personal growth workshop probably 30 years ago now, but I'm 58 now, so I was in my early 30s. And it was like, a, I think a three-day workshop, I don't know, day two, somewhere, the leader in the room, you know, I was interacting with somebody and out, falls, out of his mouth falls, you know, 
something like this. He goes, you know, it's all made up anyway. You know, kind of like that. And I was like, it, it was one of those moments where like the heavens <laughs> open, you know, like I, the rest of the day was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all I heard was that phrase. And it went in me like, oh my God, because I, I don't know why I'd never heard it before. You know, it's not that profound when you think about it. And yet when you really lean into the philosophy of it, it's pretty profound because we forget that we are the driver in the driver's seat of our life. And, um, so it, it, again, it pulled out of his mouth. I like, ah, the heavens opened. I started to take responsibility for my life in that moment. Because up until that moment, I unintentionally, you know, like I, I don't think I was a bad person, but I was, I was stuck in, you know, sort of blaming and complaining and, you know, how do I change these circumstances, right? Which I yeah. think is where most of us hang out. Yeah. And, you know, and we all unintentionally, you know, you know, we just forget. We sort of get caught in that, you know, well, if I could get that circumstance right and I could get that circumstance right and, you know, my house and my money and my wife and my kids and my husband and my job and, you know, then finally, you know, fill in the blank. Right. And we all know, you know, that's not the way to do life. And the, the it's all made up philosophy sort of wrapped itself around life to say, well, wait a minute, those are the circumstances as they're unfolding. What do you want to make up with them? Which really speaks to part two, which is what do I want to create from my circumstances, which is very much the improv energy. Yeah, that's a huge yes and right there for sure. Exactly, exactly. Like, here's an example in my family, beautiful family. You know, cancer struck our family early on. My, mm -hmm. my um, middle brother, you know, really challenging times. Uh, I won't go into the long story. He's fine, by the way, 32 years later. It's an amazing story. It's in the book. Um, but the point of it is, is it, it changed our family dynamic in a positive way. So it's an example of out of that challenging circumstance came more intimacy, came more connection, came more, um, let's be really real with each other. The brothers are wildly connected now. Um, it's a classic example of what do we want to make up from our, for our lives from cancer rather than, oh, we're through cancer now. Let's just get back to life. Right, right. You know, that's this. And again, I, I think many people get this concept, but most of us are trying to get over stuff in life so I can get on with it. Right. Instead and I'm very of, yeah. much, a, and I know you are too, Travis, is what do I want to create from my life for my life? Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's those things that we would never sort of choose for ourselves. But once we've gone through no. them, we, we, rec we recognize the tremendous value and, and probably... Uh, have no regrets for, for, for having to go through it. Right. Of course, ironically, you know, there's language out there in the self-help industry that's talking about, you know, make your mess your message. Right. Um, you know, what's the author right now, the COO of, um, well, she wrote Lean In, Sheryl Sandberg. Yeah, Sheryl Sandberg. Yep. It's a classic great example to a very challenging mm -hmm. You know, oh my God, moment, lose my husband to heart attack, he's on a treadmill, we all know the story, you know, wrote this really profound book called Lean In. Now there's book two, just came out, you know, uh, I think the name of the book is something around um, Plan B, mm -hmm. you know, what's your right. Plan B? Right. 
a great, great classic example of she's, what does she want to make up? What is she making up from her life? And uh, so there's the, there's the high level. And I, you know, work with a lot of people. I work with leaders. And again, they're all trying to manage these circumstances. And I keep bringing them into a flavor or a context or a way of being of, what do you want to make up from this? You know, what's the creativity that wants to come through you from this circumstance? So it so fits in line with your philosophy, <clears throat> Travis, you know, the, the yes and living. Yeah. You know, here's what happened. And... You know, what do we want to create from it? Yeah, and, and, and what you mentioned as far as, you know, a, a lot of times when we get stuck in, you know, I call it the goo, right? We get stuck in these goo moments of our life, and, and our focus is on just is just getting past it or getting through it instead of, right. you know, learning from it or appreciating the the uh, yep. the growth opportunity. And I remember, you know, the, uh, the, the financial collapse we had, you know, eight years ago. And I remember, yep. you know, you, you'd watch the news, you'd watch the— especially the uh, the 24-hour news and the the stories would always be about you know how long is it going to take for the uh, the economy to come back to where it was and i right. kept thinking to myself no, that's no that's where the problem was <laughs> that's wrong exactly that's exactly the point we were we were this right. was an this was a you know a, an unsustainable model and yep. if if we're not looking at what happened and what we are f- having to learn as a result and a lot of good and, and, you know, a lot of good was having to be learned as a result. But if, again, if our motive or if our motivation is just to get back, then it's like, oh, shoot, you know, that's why history repeats itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love your, totally agree with you. Like, there's no getting back to. Right. You know, right. Well, when we get back to this, like, no, like, you know, evolution and iteration is, 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 is the deal. We're always iterating. Right. You know, if we if we don't sort of live life from an iteration versus a get back to, you know, we're no longer in the creativity space. We're in the reactivity space. You know, let me react and hopefully I can get us back to where we were. You know, so so it's uh, and and just to link this to there's this great Steve Jobs little video which I'm going to show at our conference. Uh huh. You know, like two minutes and he he is in his early maybe thirties. You know, one of his classic moments where he's just. You know, camera just happens to be on, and he's having this philosophical moment, and he goes, you know, you know, most people are sort of living in the boundary of life, you know? They're being bounced around by their stuff, and, you know, good job and a good income, and, you know, God willing, you get through it, and, you know, good. Because it's not a bad way to live. He goes, but when you really realize that you, that everything around us is made up by somebody just like you, and you realize that for yourself, the opportunity is to realize and ask yourself the same question, what do I want to make up? So he literally says the phrase. Yes. You know, um, so I just love that. And, and he lived that, right? He just was like, well, what are we going to make up next? Right. Well, let's, let's make up the next thing. You know, and we are all experiencing the gift of that way of being and that way of thinking. So let's go back to, uh, you know, your, your mid-30s where you hear that phrase uttered and it, it hits you in a big way. What, yeah. was, what was the most immediate impact it had as far as how it sort of changed or shifted how you did things? Well, um, that's an interesting question. Well, the, the sto- a part of the story was I was an actor and I was... Um, working at the, at the Cheesecake Factory restaurant in Beverly Hills, and then I had a part-time job as a temp, and, and um, the bottom line is I was um, had reached a point of stress. 
certainly in this temp job, and I was stressed to the hospital with with um, heart palpitations. I was fine, but it was a stress mm-hmm. stress related heart thing. And you know, one of those classic moments again where the heavens open up. But you know, the, the emergency room doctor looks over me and goes, "You know, you're going to be fine. We got your heart pumped up. You know, how's your life? How's your job?" And I just burst into tears. <laughs> right. And you know, sort of like you know, kind of a classic coaching question. You know, how's your life? And I just sort of lose it. <laughs> and and he very gently goes, "You know, just you know, might want to take a look at that. You know." So <laughs> I, I really I I leave the hospital like I gotta re I gotta figure this out. I gotta redo this. You know, the way I've been living is not sustainable. And um, I'd been sort of living a, a survival-oriented life. Sure. And for many of us do, right, instead of a thriving life. And uh, that's so easy to say, like, that's a great bumper sticker. But, <laughs> you know, that shift is huge. <laughs> right. Um, you know, because you're like, you still have to put food on the table. I yeah. need medical insurance. I mean, you know, all the normal stuff is still going on. Right. I mean, even even as I, yeah, even as you're saying that, Rick, I'm like, yes, it is about thriving and not surviving. And I go, wait a second, I catch myself in that survival mindset an awful lot. Totally. Right. It, 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 exactly. So this is not a flip a switch moment. This is like a like a real internal operating system kind of thing like yeah. you've gone from windows to mac or something you know and you don't quite know how to use it yeah or, or vice versa um and and i happened to be bumped into the coaching industry it was just forming at the time and truth be told i i had the gift of learning some coaching skills early on and i started to coach people and then the coaches training is who'd asked me to become a faculty member so i was actually living out the shift you know, I was finding my way, you know, in the shift while I was training other people in the shift. Right. I don't know if that makes sense, which I think is classic. We're, we're actually bringing to the world, you know, in our own story is the way it's unfolding. I, I think the thing we want for ourselves for many bringing to the world through our own coaching is the thing we want for ourselves. Yeah, and it's... So, the- um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, again, completely relating to that, how, you know, it's, you know, not pretending that you have all the answers, having insights and having, you know, ideas right. and understanding concepts, but uh, being able to share and coach, I think, obviously, as you know, it, it only reinforces our own ability to to practice it in our own lives, <laughs> especially when there's lots of times when we're well, we're probably not practicing what we're preaching, but uh, yeah. but yeah. By, by the simple act that we're doing it, it it, it yeah. helps us sort of get back into that. Exactly, and I I think a couple of the key handles that started to shift it for me, and I truly want to give a shout out to Coaches Training Institute, which again, not sure they invented it, but they brought it alive in some pretty powerful um, workshop formats. Um, but you know, when you really get in touch with your value system, you know, we've all heard mm-hmm. the term. You know, values but I, like really the deep dive of like what matters to you mm-hmm. and um, when you start to get that train out of the station what I've noticed is this is a little woo woo moment but the universe starts to go oh okay he's really getting in touch with himself mm-hmm. let me throw some things in front of him that are in line with his values because I watched it happen and it wasn't like I changed my resume or but I started to attract and things around me changed because I was in a different conversation inside my own self. Yeah. 
And, you know, that's the part where people go, really? And I want to go, yes, really. Right, right. And, uh, you know, we could go down the list of corporations that really get this and, and organizations that mm-hmm. get this. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get the good culture going, and right. then the customers show up. I mean, there's the example. You know, when, when Starbucks gets its culture right, we feel it, and we want to go buy a coffee from them. Right. When they, when they don't, we don't want to go buy a coffee from them. So if you think about it, the, the doorway into your own value system is getting your own culture going. And then all of a sudden people want to come towards us with whatever we're offering or selling or doing or creating. And that's where, our, right, and that's where our authenticity comes from, right? That's when we're, 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 we're starting to show up. We're starting to live, act, think, behave um, in, in, in authentically in, in complete alignment with our, with our values. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's like part one. Let me add a part two to the game here. Yeah. It's not necessarily linear like this, but just for the sake of laying it out. Part two is to really understand that how I see the world is my choice. And also how I see my world around me creates my experience of my world around me. Yes. And I'm singing to the choir, you get this, but you know, how I see a circumstance is my choice. Yes. And um, people who sort of see circumstances as opportunities, we all know them, right, versus the complaining, you know. And I, again, in my early 30s, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't, I didn't even, wasn't even aware of that. And I dare say most people are not. They're just sort of caught in, that's the circumstance, let me talk about it factually, and then either complain about it or wish it weren't there. Right. And you mentioned you mentioned the word choice, right? It's 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 under yeah. it's understanding that there is a choice. And you, you earlier on you had you had been speaking about you know, you know, sort of what I would describe as that victim mindset. You know, the blaming, right. complaining, the making excuses. Um, and so when when you when you're working with someone or you're just in conversation with someone, Rick, that doesn't that doesn't understand that there is a choice. How do yeah. you how do you convey that to them? Yeah. Well, just to be clear, if it's, a, if it's a coaching context, like a coaching call and it's designed as that, I just blatantly underline and train the concept. I just train it. Yeah. You know, so literally, like I said to you, I say to them, I go, so how you see this is how you'll experience this. And then I give some examples of that, you know, like, so, you know, how we, how you see your family member, and this is classic, or how you see a fellow employee. What you notice, by the way, if you see them a certain way, what do we do? We collect evidence to back up our viewpoint about them. <laughs> right. We, we are, right. We go collect the evidence and we have a big bucket of, you see, this is how they are. Right. Yes. And we're running around telling each other. So, you know, we can collect evidence for anything. That's the truth. You know, facts are facts, let's be clear, but perspectives are different. You know, I can look at the world as a problem and show you all the facts about how it's a problem right now, or I could show you how the world is going through an amazingly great, amazingly fantastic transformation, and I could give you facts, or give you perspectives about that. Right. And I could go collect either side of that coin. Yeah, so which one is true, right? Which one's true? That's the part. This is where it gets a little bit dicey when I say it's all made up. The facts are not made up. But how I look at it is made up. Yeah. And so it becomes a question, how do I want to look at this? How do I want to look at cancer in my family? How do I want to look at the political landscape right now? You know, I won't get into it. We don't want to get there, but we will know what's happening is we can barely talk to each other because we're caught in a viewpoint about how it is. And let me show the evidence about how it is for me. 
right? And then we're just sort of in a warring context. We're not even listening to each other. Right, right. So, so pers- you know, values is part one, perspectives are part two. And we don't even, you know, we don't forget we're even in a perspective. We just think it's the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, right. You know, so, and this applies to, you know, our personal lives, our professional lives, you know, and again, in the leadership space, I work a lot with leaders, I remind them that they're actually in the perspective shifting game is really their job. Because mm. when you get the, the leader realizing, oh, I see, here's how I'm looking at it, or here's how I need to help my people look at it, you know, because they need to get out of the fray of managing it, they're leaders of it, so they have to help with the perspectives most. Yeah. Rather than the management of the tasks. Right. So and you know, so really, fo- yeah. right. so focusing on those values, focusing on the culture. Correct. Yeah. Starts to change it over time. So that's the. I know where. No, uh, and and ju- here, and just so you know, Rick, you get you. Uh, you received a rare, uh, you know, like basically a rare amen from my wife who is happens to be um, doing work on our bed. I'm in the closet recording this. She yelled a amen of approval a few minutes ago. Which, uh, well, thank you. Which, 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 is, which is high regard, Rick. That is high oh, regard okay, to get, to get I, that. I, yes. Isn't that right, Alistair? Yes. yes. Oh, well, she, thanks. She, just gave, she gave you a big yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Cool. So, so Rick, let's let's talk about talk about the bigger game yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. The yeah, uh, sure. yeah the inspiration and uh, what what led you to uh, to to author that? Yeah, two two parts to that. I'll go way back in my history for a moment. Um, when I was youth group president of my church, you know, and again, I think everything informs our life, right? We don't know it at the time, but we're in it. But you look back, you go, oh, of course, right? This is one of those moments I look back and go, of course. Um, I was youth group president, voted in, you know, cool, yay, new youth, youth group president. The minister calls you in at the beginning of the, of the fall season every year to kind of go, what do you want your year to be about? You know, it's, you know, pretty good leadership development stuff. Like, yeah. wow, this is, this is the 70s, right? This is early on mm-hmm. in, my, in my life. Anyway, I say to him, first thing I say is, well, I just don't want to do the same old stuff. I just, I'm so bored of bowling. I'm so bored of car wash. Like, good Lord. I'm bored, aren't you? And he kind of goes, yeah, me too. <laughs> so I don't know what we're going to do where he can't do the same thing. So I, I don't, again, don't remember exactly how it unfolds. But the bottom line is we pretty quickly we come up with this idea. And again, this is the 70s, a bit radical. Let's do a big project. Let's take, instead of sending money to Anvil, Kentucky, a very poor part of our country, mm-hmm. which the church had been doing, let's go to Anvil, Kentucky and help rebuild the houses and build houses and do the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Now, this is very common these days, but back then this was like radical, you know. So it becomes a huge, gigantic project and changes the entire paradigm of the year. Now we're bowling for dollars. Now we're doing car washes for this event. Other churches are getting involved. Um, we have a we have a 24-hour dance marathon to raise money. Like, it's, it's a thing. It's now, right? And we're all in. You know, this is like, it's got us. It's, we're compelled by it. Um, and I, I say this, like, in, in the, the language of the bigger game, it became a bigger game. Yeah. It was bigger than we knew how to do. It was beyond our wildest imaginations, although we had a lot of imagination around it. It was, it was beyond our sort of, you know, can we really do that? Do we, do we, do we never raise that much money? You know, blah, blah, blah. So 
fast forward, I'm now a part of the Coaches Training Institute 30 years, 25 years later. One of the founders, Laura Whitworth, who's now passed, she and I start to have conversations about our coaching clients around the idea of what are the qualities of our more successful clients? Mm -hmm. What's going on over there in them than the ones who are sort of not so successful, quote unquote. The Bigger Game philosophy was born out of that conversation because simply put, clients who were up to something bigger with their lives than they knew how to do were more successful. And um, we started to deconstruct that and double-clicked on them and interviewed them, and a very simple model was birthed. Um, The Bigger Game is actually like a tic-tac-toe board, won't go into all the details, but it has nine components to it, and these nine components sort of rose to the top of the cream, or the cream and the milk, right? And um, became the nine key elements of quote-unquote having a successfully dynamic, fulfilling, rich, alive life. And um, simply put, the phrase that goes with this, this book is, you know, playing a bigger game will design who you want to become. And because the game will sort of pull me, you know, so our youth group, back to that story, was pulled by this game. We became leaders. We became yeah, yeah. fundraisers. We became, le- you know, like, we were outside of our comfort zone all over the place. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and we looked back and we went, oh, my God, look what we did. You know, and then when I get home from that event, just back to finish that story, the minister says, now you have to give the sermon. I want you to give a sermon about your experience. You know, and I'm freaking out. <laughs> and I stand up in this huge pulpit, 300 people, and I have all these notes. It's a great, another one of those heavens opened up moments. I have all these notes in front of me, and I look down, and I start to read, and I realize this is not going to work. And I just turn the notes over, and I look up into the audience, and I connect with them. And I had some slides and the traditional, you know, remember those slides? Oh, that sure. Click, click. Yes, you know, yes. Showed slides of the people, and I just told the story of, you know, here was Sally, and here's what we did for Sally, and then here's was John and Bob, and, you know, whatever. Not a dry eye in the house. I talked about how this changed us, and... Um, very, very sort of moving moment in my life, and again, became the informant of the philosophy of the Bigger Game book, based on a collaborative moment with another person in my life, Laura Whitworth, who said, I want to talk about what really has people be successful. Yeah. And Hay House liked the philosophy and grabbed it and became a Hay House author, which is kind of cool. So. No, no, that's that's fantastic. And, and, I love, and I love thinking about just, you know, the connection between just the two big ideas, right? The... It, Yep. The the yep. it's all made up and the bigger game, right? Because once we once we have that realization that it is all made up, you know the the invitation then is there to well, if it's all made up, what is the bigger game that I want to play? You are singing my song. That's exactly <laughs> the way we say it. It's like, well, if life's all made up, then what's the bigger game you want to play with it? Because you might as well. And right. Yes. Right. And so 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 why yeah why play small right and exactly. So exactly. with these with these leaders with these leaders who are playing the bigger game is, is it the sense where I can imagine Rick, that it's when it's when you have that goal, when you have that vision, uh, when you have that purpose that, that, uh, is, is so much bigger than yourself. That's that, that, that serves as the motivation or, or inspiration to, to, yes. to be able to leap outside your comfort zone and to be able to stay there because it's not about you. That's exactly 
it has a, again, it's out there a lot these days, you know, the triple bottom line, you know, the Mm -hmm. third one being what's the impact on the planet and what's the good work we're doing. But it it very much is in the domain of, you know, is the work that we're doing, you know, having a sort of a triple win, you know, us, the people and the world around us, you know, so it, it is, it does have that slant on this has to be doing some good work in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but when I've done it for corporations, I did it a lot for IBM. You know, what they what they liked about it was it, it actually handled innovative thinking. Hmm. Um, they wanted their people to step away from day-to-day business as usual, you know, sort of managing the stuff, right? And right. they said, we need them to step out and think creatively and think innovatively. And, and they, literally, they literally said to me, we want them to, if they come up with their own individual bigger games, cool. You know, like, yeah. like we want, and then they, then we want, what we want for them is to come back to IBM and go, listen, I have this really cool idea. I think I can do this. And then IBM would go, well, let's, you know, yes, let's help you do that. Because by the way, if you're compelled by it and it impacts our bottom line, it's a triple win. Right. 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 So very much in the innovative space. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. <laughs> We're just having this conversation at lunch today. <clears throat> and I think I can throw my 15 year old daughter under the bus because I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to my podcast. Um, but <laughs> she, she, uh, she, she basically, uh, you know, just strong armed me about two months ago into getting a membership at the health club. And I was like, all right, it's a kind of like a two for one membership. And so the two of us signed up and I, I've kind of got re-inspired to, to, to get, uh, you know, just more fit. Um, uh, and so yeah. we've been both pretty, pretty dedicated to it in the last week or so her, her commitment has dropped off a little bit. And so today at lunch, I said, hey, I'm going to go work out later. You know, you want to come with me? And she kind of looked at me like, mm, I don't know if I want to. I was like, what's that? Because she was like, come on, dad, daily grind. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, and right. I'm like, what happened? She's like, eh, just not really feeling it. <laughs> And so, yeah. so we had this great, we had this great conversation. Uh, maybe she wouldn't call it great, but we had this, uh, this great conversation around, around motivation, kind of this point of, I don't think she had a really big game around, uh, no, the getting exactly. fit, um, exactly. you know, it was maybe a little superficial and, you know, again, the more superficial that, that game is the, the easier it is to sort of quit. Absolutely. Well, you're naming one of our squares. Again, this is a nine-square model, you know, compelling purpose. What usually happens is that the compelling purpose is not, to your, to, I love your language, it's sort of thin, right? It's yeah. like, oh, I'll do this, you know, because I'll, I'll do this because it'd be sort of fun maybe with my dad, right? Yeah, yeah. In, instead of like a deep, meaningful, like, this matters to me, I want I want to feel the best I've ever felt. Or, by the way, I'm in, in my life, my example of this is I, I, I'm going to go on the road. I love being in front of rooms. I love being on stages. I need to feel my best, look my best, and have a lot of energy. That's yeah. a compelling purpose to get me to a CrossFit class. Because yeah. to think yeah. about going to a CrossFit class, it's crazy. It's like it's like stupid. Like, it's like why would I do that to my body? <laughs> And yet, you know, you got to have a, a really, you know, profound, sort of good enough reason. Um, I want to offer this idea because you used the word motivation. I want to key off of that. Yeah. You know, people throw me into the category of motivational speaker, all that stuff. I, I'm now starting to use the word activational. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an activational guy mm-hmm. because I help people figure out what their bigger game is and then they're activated themselves. Yeah. So I, I, I'm playing on this idea that you maybe we can help motivate each other, but motivation comes from inside, right? Mm-hmm. I can't motivate you. Right. I can 
activate your thinking. I can activate your own life to have you go, yeah, that matters to me. And then you'll go do something about it. Right. Um, because until it matters to you, we're not going to change. Yeah. We all know, right? You know, change is an internal job. Absolutely. So activational is like which I'm playing. I, I, I like that. Thinking. You know, hey, yeah. create your own niche. I like it. Yeah, exactly. There's that. <laughs> motiva- we have too many motivational speakers. But, I don't know but not, a lot, not a lot of activator, uh, act, activational. Yeah. Activational? Is that what we're going to combine the two? Activational speaker? Activational speaker, exactly. Yes. Can't take that. <laughs> now, Rick, I'm being I'm being conscious of our, of our time here and knowing how yeah. busy you are. Uh, but but uh, if yeah, um, when you look back at the number of years that you've been coaching and and how you sort of got into coaching in the first place, and you just look at all the people, all the all the different groups that you've worked with, sort of what has been the most sort of personally transforming um, uh, aspect of of your career as as being a coach? Uh, what a good question. See what comes in. Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest transition or transformational transition, let's call it that, um, is to is to really step into. Um, I have an opinion. I'm a, a, a sort of messenger. Uh, started out as a coach. You know, the, the primary energy of a coach is to activate you and help you figure out your stuff. And now I'm really. I'm not leaving coaching, but I'm stepping more into messenger, like, you know, author, book. Uh, and that that was a transition, you know, like, oh, I have something to say. Oh, right, I have something to say. And which activates the keynoter, the, you know, the, the speaker. The, yeah. And I think that's true for many coaches. If they, as they're coaching, they realize they have a message and they want to turn it into something. And so it's really moving from coach to trainer to you know, um, teacher, philosopher, uh, you know, somebody, a while back we were working with some folks and they were trying to help me figure out, well, what are you? What do you say you are? You know, and they came up with this idea, you know, urban philosopher. Yeah, I like and, that. I like we that. Didn't, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't really <laughs> stick, but we're playing with it. You know, philosopher is too big a word for me to get my head around because there's really good philosophers and I don't think I'm that, but... Um, so I think to answer your question in a bottom line way, I can ramble as you can notice, it's, it's transition from coach to sort of truth guide, mm-hmm. another way to say, offer some wisdom. Um, and it's really fun to offer wisdom without being right. Um, because as soon as I think I'm right, now I'm no longer offering, I'm now, you know, righteous. Right. And I, and I love just sort of offering wisdom. And the other thing is as I get older, which I think is, I feel blessed to be in this industry because one could say we're aging, but I actually think we're saging. Hmm. And um, as a coach and as a per, in, in the personal development space like yourself, we're never out of work because as we get older, we get to sort of be the wise sage energy. Right. You know, it's, the arch, right. it's the archetype of the sage and, um, you know, people come to me and go, well, what, you know, what did you learn? Like you today, you're asking, what do you think? And what did you learn? And yeah. It's so fun to offer that. And, and as long as I don't give it to my ego, I, it really comes through me like, well, here's some wisdom, you know, take it or leave it. Yes, yes, yes. Which, which right. yeah, which is that sage wisdom, the, the humility, yeah. the humility of the sage. Uh, exactly. Which is a whole lot different than the ego of the expert. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's beautifully said. 
Beautifully said. So, well, Rick, this is this has been fantastic. Again, to everyone listening, um, it's all made up uh, happening. Uh, is it Silver Bay, New York? Yes, yeah, Silver Bay, New York, which is on Lake George. If people need to know, it's, it's one of the um, it's in the Adirondack Mountains. It's due north of New York City, four hours directly if you were to drive. Um, about an hour and twenty minutes north of Albany. Okay, and my and my wife just yelled from the bed, Rick, that it's beautiful. So it's gotten her endorsement yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah, it's stunning. It's, I mean, right, we're going to have a boat cruise. We brought in this big, gigantic boat. We're going to have cocktails on the lake. I mean, it's, you know, blah, blah. Got to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am. I'm jealous uh, and upset that I will not be a part of this one. But uh, uh, trust me when I am um, marking down the calendar for 2018 if you offer it again. Well, thank you. <laughs> hey, thanks, Travis, so much. And I just want to say as, as fellow activators, really, thank you for doing your good work. We're all... We're all, you know, supporting people to, to, to wake up and be a little bit more responsible with the lives we're creating because I think that's the game we're in is to take more personal responsibility rather than be caught in the blame and the shame game. Absolutely. So. absolutely. And that's why I enjoy doing this podcast and, and, and talking to uh, uh, inspiring people like yourself, Rick. And um, so thank you. Thank you for taking the time and your busy schedule. And, and thanks for the bigger game that you're playing. You bet. Thanks, Travis. Have a great rest of your day. And folks who, who are listening to Travis's good work, keep on keeping on. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. When the room don't like us, I'll be at your table. Yeah, I'll be sitting next to you. And when the world